You're listening to Redeeming Love, a movie companion podcast. I'm your host, Maddie Pruitt. You might know me as a speaker, author, or have seen me on ABC's The Bachelor. But right now, we're here to explore a different kind of love story. Redeeming Love is based on the best-selling novel by Francine Rivers and follows the life-changing journey of Angel, a young woman forced into prostitution who finds rescue in a man named Michael Hosea. Whether you're a fan of the book or new to the story, this podcast will be your exclusive destination for behind-the-scenes interviews with cast and crew, authentic conversations with special guests, fan Q&As, and fresh insights from the author and screenplay writer herself, Francine Rivers. Welcome to our very first episode. Once again, I'm Maddie Pruitt, and I'm so excited to be bringing you the inside scoop on the Redeeming Love film. We've got a packed episode for you today. We'll be answering a few of your most asked questions about the movie, talking to one of the producers of the film, Cindy Bond, as well as hearing from the author of Redeeming Love, Francine Rivers. Before we get into today's show, I want to introduce myself and tell you a little bit about my experience with Redeeming Love. When I first heard about Redeeming Love, I was on a camping trip with a bunch of my friends, and one of my friends had brought the book with her. I was not a reader at the time. I never read books, hated reading, thought it was weird, and only liked watching television shows. But I remember I saw the book, and she was talking so highly of it and how it had totally changed her perspective of her relationship with God, her relationship with others. And so I was like, okay, I wanna, I wanna read this book. And I grabbed the book from her. I read it in two days and it is a thick book, but I was just so moved and touched by this story, this love story that, you know, this girl had a troubled past and this guy had this amazing pursuit and unconditional love for her. It resembled to me my relationship with Christ and how he was in pursuit after my heart and how I was sinful and broken and messy and how he continued to pursue me when I didn't deserve it, when I did nothing to earn it. And it was so beautiful to me. And it, it honestly, it did. It changed my life. It changed, you know, how I viewed my relationship with, with God as it wasn't something to be earned. I need to be perfect. I need to be all together. I need to do everything right to get God's love. I realized, no, God's love isn't performance-based. Actually, all I have to do is just receive it. And that's not a testament to who I am, but a testament to how good and how big our God is. And it changed even how I viewed relationship love too. Like how I want to love other people, how I want to be loved. It set the standards high. I was like, I want a Michael Hosea. You know, it set the, it set the standards high. And so from that point on, I started reading all of Francine Rivers' books. I think I've read every single one that she's put out since then. And I actually remember when I went on The Bachelor, we were told that we could only bring one book. And I brought Francine Rivers' The Masterpiece, and that was the only book I brought. And I'm so glad that was the book that I chose. I mean, I had the Bible too, but I had the Bible and Francine Rivers' The Masterpiece with me. And so it's my it's my favorite book. And now that it's becoming a movie and there's an actual visual of this insane love story, when I saw the film, I 
was going through so many different emotions. And it was crazy, this book that I've read multiple times, having an actual visual of it, seeing the characters come to life, actually being able to see the pain and the anguish that Angel was going through and this insane, intense love that Michael Hosea had for her was so beautiful. It's one of those films that sticks with you. Like I have not been able to stop thinking about it. I could literally probably quote the entire thing. I can tell you about every single scene. I can remember vividly, especially the intense moments. Like you can feel just the emotion and the weight. It was honestly like blew my mind and blew my expectations of just how well it was done. You did not choose the life you had. You can choose the life you want. Since its release in 1991, Redeeming Love has impacted millions of lives with a story of redemption and unconditional love. On today's episode, we sit down with best-selling author Francine Rivers to get a behind-the-scenes look at her process in writing the book. Well, for me, when I was writing it, I was looking at my own um, way that I came to Christ, that I think we all start out as children of darkness. Hmm. You know, we have no understanding of God whatsoever. And then when we do, a lot of times we're defiant. There's a whole section in there where she defies God and she's angry and Mm -hmm. she's lashing out and she hates God, literally. Then you find out how much God wants from you. Mm -hmm. And there's that fear because he isn't asking for bits and pieces of our life. He wants everything. Yeah. All the good, all the bad, everything you've ever experienced. Yeah. And then the humility of of learning uh, to put other people ahead of yourself, which Michael, you know, from the beginning, he's learned that. But Michael has his own backstory. So he didn't have an easy life either. Right. And it's also seeing the different ways that you you handle your past and how to let go and move on. And also the, the past can be a catalyst to something incredibly good in the future. Hmm. Even when you come from Sex trafficking, I I know there are a number of organizations that are being run by survivors because they understand they can come alongside another person and walk them through to healing and restoration. So, you know, God uses everything. And that's uh, that's the point of this book, too, that nobody is beyond redemption. Mm. There's no unforgivable sin except not believing. Yeah. Not having faith. No, that's beautiful. That God takes the worst things and turns them into to beauty at the end. That way is home. Your choice. Now let's chat with Cindy Bond. Well, thank you so much for joining. And I'm so excited to get to meet you virtually. Since this is the day and age that we're living in, I get to meet you virtually. <laughs> and I love that. But I hope you're you're doing well. And I just wanted to start off by saying thank you. I'm such a big fan of the book and of the film. And I'm so excited for it to just get to reach the hearts of the rest of the world. So I um, just wanted to start off by saying thank you so much for joining. Well, thank you for having me, and I uh, just love your passion and enthusiasm for the film, the the book, starting out. I mean, that's the genesis of this whole thing, written by Francine Rivers. So, you know, I'm I'm a huge book fan, uh, like you. So, and many others. Yeah, and I hear you're good friends with Francine. So, did you know her well? Were y'all friends before the the film was starting to be created, or were y'all friends? Kind of y'all developed that as you were creating the film. 
No, I be I didn't know Francine before I did a deal with her to turn the book into a movie. But we certainly became very good friends uh, at that time and journeyed forward together in every aspect of the entire process. I love that. And you read the book, I'm assuming so. So how was it kind of translating from a book to a film? What was that process like? Well, I have to say the book is 30 years old this year. She Mm. wrote it. uh, It was published in 91. And I had read the book a long time ago, and it was After the Bible, my favorite book of all time, yes. still to this day. Yes, same. It's, it's uh, been a big process to bring this epic, sweeping romance to the screen. And I mean, the big screen, which was always how I envisioned this movie playing, mm-hmm. because the movie so deserves that venue, that that treatment, um, the story is so rich on so many levels in one way, just the message is so simple and straightforward, but the, the story itself is so complex. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, Francine and I, I'll tell you, we, uh, we got to be really good friends through this whole process. Uh, I, I'd only really seen this movie happening if Francine, um, adapted the book into a script herself. And mm-hmm. so the the uh, first draft and then a number of drafts after we were developing uh, were solely Francine. And then uh, DJ Caruso, who uh, I'd known for a number of years prior, that's a whole other story. I'm sure he told you how he came into the picture. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and then DJ and Francine uh, ended up writing uh, the screenplay together after that. Mm. And so what would you say for you really inspires you about this story? What was it that really stuck out to you? I know you said this is something you've been waiting to turn into a film for so long. So what was it that really just captivated your heart? Uh, Well, seriously, the most incredible love story I had ever read um, in my entire life and on multiple levels, just as far as a movie goes, just the most romantic Loves and I'm a, and I love love stories. So yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, you know, so I mean, just the whole Angel Michael love story. I mean, the 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 whole journey, the arcs in these characters of two people coming from completely different, you know, sides of the spectrum, two completely different lives, and how you know they come together through incredible circumstances and really come together at first, not wanting to be together. I mean, they each had, you know, one was a calling for Michael. So he was out of obedience that Mm. this was the one and he's questioning it big time because she's a prostitute. (laughs) Right. And then, you know, Angel to Michael as her way out of these, you know, this dire circumstance and, and then how, this relationship is forged together and how they end up truly falling in love with each other. It's such a, a rich uh, story with such complex characters and storylines and how they all come together. But really, it's God's love letter to the world. Yeah. It's God's eternal love story to each and every one of us. Mm. And it just drew me because I've never, again, like I said, it's my favorite book of all time. And I just can't read it enough. I mean, I've gone back and read it a couple of times since I made the movie. Wow. Yeah, it just lives within me. Yeah. So 
So what drew you, I guess, about the casting? Like what drew the production team to Abigail as Angel? Because I know that was a huge role and you probably had so many different audition. Like what was it about Abigail that really drew you guys in? Yeah, well, um, as I get into Abigail, I wanted to just make one more comment about the last question, but you hit on it and it leads into Abigail and, and her character. But I believe that for most women, there's part of Angel that has lived in each of us mm. and in terms of either dealing with something we've done in our lives that we're not proud of or something, you know, either um, by our own doing or somebody that's done something to us that's caused us embarrassment or shame and, yeah. and all of that. And so, you know, a lot of that too was that there was a piece of Angel in my life just in terms of how I grew up and all that. And, Mm. and yet we serve a God that just, you know, is his eternal love, his eternal capacity to forgive us, redeem us, cleanse us, bless us. It's not just a story of second chances. It's a story of numerous chances Mm. that no matter how low you go, you're never beyond the Mm. loving arms and embrace of God almighty to fully cleanse you. And so, so good. I just wanted to add that. And and so in that regard, when it came to casting this role of Angel, the pivotal role, I mean, it's Angel's story. Right. I did a global search for this actress because we not only had to find someone who was, you know, embodied the physicality of the of the character in the book, but possessed the character traits that are in the book as well, in terms of this as we say, soiled up, but really a, a child that was, I mean, trafficked and yeah. put into prostitution at such a young age. And then just through just the horrendous things that happened to her, how she she survives, although dealing with situations where she's would like to, you know, kill herself at mm-hmm. numerous times, but doesn't somehow survives through this, but you know, really forms this frozen heart and this toughness. But to have an actress that could take this character, as I mentioned, this big character arc for her, because we had to find an actress that could sell, you know, this toughness, this steely exterior survivor, frozen heart, innate hatred of men, which after what had happened to her was well-earned, all the way to being able to transform into someone that, could be soft and compassionate Hmm. and kind and loving. I mean, she didn't know how to love. She was never loved in the beginning other than her mother. And then of course, Michael. And I mean, just, it it was an enormous number of, I mean, qualities and, and, and characteristics an actress would need to either have uh, or be able to convey. And Abigail, we had auditioned hundreds of actresses. We'd gone through the entire world and we had screen tested her and we felt she was the one. And then there was a conflict uh, with a scheduling conflict that, you know, didn't look like we were going to be able to cast her. Oh, gosh. And yet I just kept <laughs> in my heart of hearts. I just went, Lord, I know she's the one. Mm. I know she's the actress for this role. And it just a series of um, scheduling changes. And we pushed our production um, not because of Abigail, it just happened a few months and she became available. And um, and once that happened, we cast her. She'd also 
been a huge fan of the book. And when she heard she uh, we gave her the role, she said she just burst out into tears with her mother and all. Oh it my was, gosh. She was completely meant to play this role. Wow. Completely. She's a phenomenal actress. Phenomenal. Gosh, even you just saying that, I have like chills all over my body. It's just crazy (laughs) how intentional our God is and just how it all just comes together. And as we're talking about Abigail, I'd love to just ask a little bit deeper with that is just what what would you say does Abigail, you know, bring to the role that really shines on the screen? I know you kind of talked about just the characteristics and just her embodiment, but what as we continue to dive a little bit deeper into that, what would you say that as people watch that they can feel connected and related to Angel in their own lives? Yeah, I mean, she she literally, as you said, I mean, and I said, she embodied this role. She became Angel. There yeah. was no doubt. She, she was every characteristic from the book that Francine wrote. Abigail brought some of that just, organically to the role, but she's someone who doesn't know love at all and, hey, you know, self-loathing right. to where, where she became someone who learned to love herself and accept herself. And the audience will absolutely love her. Mm. And it's such such a difficult fine line for an actor to play because, and that's that's where Abigail really pulled it off, is that you will absolutely love her even in the times in the beginning when she's mm. angel, you know, to, yeah. to eventually becoming Sarah, that transition, even as angel, you will love her, even though she's tough and closed off, mm. the audience will still love her, but they'll just fall madly in love with her as they see her journey because she learns to love herself because mm. she knows that God loves her and that she's accepted by him and cleansed by him and that she can let go of all the shame and and self-loathing that she's carried. Yeah. What does it mean to you to finally see this? I know it's been so crazy with COVID and the pandemic and everything. So what does it mean to you to finally see this movie coming to the big screen? Wow. Like I said, it means everything. It's just such a dream come true. I mean, my my heart, my motives are so pure um, here from day one after reading this book and, and having the desire to turn this into a major motion picture and to see it happen is just an absolute, it's a feeling I, I can't even barely express it. Mm. I mean, we put our heart and soul, me and my, my co-producers and DJ and Francine and the actors, the cast and the crew, I mean, so many people came together for such a time as this. And I mean, Mm. talk about for such a time as this to go through all we went through. I mean, we wrapped production about 19 hours. Uh, We shot this in South Africa and we wrapped the production about 19 hours before the entire country was shut down. Insane. We shot the last scene of the movie on the last day. (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. So just to say, I, I am, I'm so thrilled. I'm so humbled. I mean, I'm on my mm. face in front of God to be the one that he, I mean, he willed to, to, to step out front and, mm. and uh, you know, take the ball and run with it. And I'm just forever grateful to Francine for trusting me. She really did. She really trusted me 
with the rights to her book. This was her baby. I mean, it is her baby. And yeah. the first book she ever wrote as when she, after she became a believer and I mean, it's redeeming love. <laughs> it's iconic. Yeah. Yeah. And how important was it that, you know, she be involved through the entire process? Uh, I know you've kind of spoken to that a little bit, but, you know, in, in the screenplay and the casting and the production, how important was her to really stay involved and kind of be there um, through the entire thing? It was critically important. It was it was the air the production breathed. It was the air I breathed in terms of as a producer making this movie. I could not have done it without her, without us being side by side. It it was the way she saw it as well, because it's a 400 and what, 70, you know, 475 page or 79 page book here. Um, we're taking 479 pages and, yeah. and bringing it down to just over two hours, a little over two hours of screen time. I mean, that is a huge deal. I mean, nobody knew the story better than Francine. She was the author, the, the one that wrote this. So right. she knew better than anyone how we were going to knit this together. And she went and she wrote that first draft on her own. And she did a phenomenal job. It was just to honor her and the vision and this story that God gave her. There was no other way. Mm. This was the only way, the only path I ever saw. It was the only path I ever wanted to be on. And because of that, we journeyed together initially at first, just the two of us. And then the team grew from yeah. there and everybody was aligned. And then when DJ come, came on, boy, DJ and Francine, total team. So... Mm -hmm. Okay, so now I kind of want to get into just for a little bit just the role of Tom because we talked yeah. about Abigail. I'd love to just talk about Tom for a minute and, and what it was like working with him and what characteristics do you feel like Tom brings to this role as Michael Hosea? Well, first of all, Tom was, he was cast later. Abigail, we knew fairly early on. I mean, when we saw her, we, we knew. And then there was that, you know, hiccup with schedule. But the right. role of Michael... That was a long process, and Tom wasn't cast until very late in the game. But I'll tell you what, he was absolutely destined, mm. God's will, for him to play this role. I mean, the thing I love about Tom, and I love Tom and Abby so much, and, you know, Tom literally, as I said about Abigail, Tom embodied the role of Michael, not only on the physicality, but he organically brought with him the characteristics of who he is as a person. Mm -hmm. I mean, he didn't just portray a role. Tom brings a lot of these Michael characteristics just naturally or gets part of him. But aside from that, you look at the role of Angel and it is it is an actor's dream, you know, that role, because you look at it and obviously look at the character. Arc. It's so huge. All the different, you know, how she changes from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie. But the role that Tom had to play in Michael was incredibly yeah, difficult. Yeah. In some ways, more difficult because it's not that obvious arc of change. I mean, his character's fairly constant mm -hmm. in, in so many ways um, in the depiction. But he literally just brought so many different uh, levels to this character um, in terms of his strength, the love that... He brought to the character, the kindness, the compassion. But then on the other side of it, his 
frustration was yeah. like, God, how could you call me to marry a harlot? You know, I mean, he's a farmer. He's he's a virgin. You know, we there were a lot of things we had to sell with this. I mean, he's 26 years old and he's a virgin. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's 2021. That was kind of, or 2020, you know, 2019, <laughs> we're casting. It's kind of hard in today's world to find someone who could sell that. Right. Um, in that respect, just to give you an idea of all those character traits that Tom brought with him, he's a graduate of RADA, Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts. I mean, this is a, he's a serious, as Abigail, serious actors here. I mean, these are hugely talented actors. Mm. Uh, but it was just, I can only say both of these actors, God willed to play these roles for such a time as this, mm. the, 100%, because they were, each of them, both phenomenal actors, two, physically right, three, naturally possessed the characteristics that, you know, Francine had written in a book 30 years ago before either of them were even born. I mean, think about that one. Crazy. I mean, these, this book was written 30 years, I mean, 30 years ago, well before either of them were born. And yet they were the perfect ones to play these roles. Mm. So my last question for you as we wrap up is, you know, what do you hope the audience really walks away with after they watch this film? I I know there's so many things that we talked about, you know, as there's going to be so many different people that are going to walk into the theater, believers, non-believers, people who have experienced extreme trauma, all kinds of different walks of life who are going to come and watch this film. What are you hoping is just kind of the overall theme and message that, everyone walks away with? Well, I, I absolutely want them to walk away with knowing they just saw the greatest love story of all time that will continue living in their heart and mind forever, because that is this movie, as you said it. And I feel that having produced the movie, this movie has, li- as I've made this picture, developed it. I mean, I, I read the book, then got the rights, then you know developed it, then produced it. And now at this point, it has lived on in my heart and my mind continuously. And yeah. I want that for every single person that sees this movie because love never fails. God is love. And as I said, it, it is his love story to the world and his eternal pursuit of us that he never gives up. He, he, he's always there for us, no matter how far we fall. There's nothing that we can do to separate us ourselves from his love. Yeah. Uh, it is such a rich, complex, beautiful, warm, kind, loving, compassionate story of grace and forgiveness. And it will literally make anyone's lives better. Anyone who sees this movie, they'll be touched. The, mm-hmm. the hand of God's on this movie. Yeah. God will touch their heart. Amen. I just wanted to say thank you for your time and for your wisdom and your passion for this and uh, and just for the message um, that, that you guys are all a part of that I believe truly is going to impact a generation. No, thank you so much. It truly is. And you said it, it's a timeless story and it's set in the you know 1850s backdrop, California gold rush, but it's as relevant and I actually believe more relevant today. Yeah. In 2021 and actually 2022, January 21st, when it releases, than ever before. Mm. So thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate and love your enthusiasm. And yeah, just thank you. Thank you. I have to meet him. Are you going to marry me? Take me away from here. 
And now we're answering your questions with Redeeming Love author Francine Rivers. Okay, so the first question that people have is how closely does this film follow the book? Oh, very closely. Um, I wrote the original script and then worked with DJ. He restructured it so that, you know, the scenes are not in the same sequence as they are in the book, but all the major scenes are there. Yeah. And the the heart of the book, the heart of uh, Michael Hosea is Mm. very definitely in the movie and also Angel, which was, you know, absolutely the most important thing for me to was to keep that message strong and intact. Right. Yeah. And I was going to ask you, because I'm sure that was hard, even with casting. I'm sure you were very particular about, you know, you've you've written these characters, you've imagined them for yourself. Right. And you have this idea of what you're going for. So how was that casting process like? It was really exciting because we watched a lot of additions. But I think the minute we saw Abigail Cohen, we knew she Mm -hmm. was Angel. She just looks like Angel. She's a terrific actress. Um, Michael was a little more difficult to find. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was actually DJ that discovered Tom Lewis. But the minute he did the the, uh, audition, he has the ability to just do all the nuances of the emotion. And also the innocence. The innocence mm. has to be carried off, too, right. because he's a 26-year-old man, but he's a virgin waiting for the right woman. Right. And it sounds like, and, and one thing I, ha- I was going to ask you is, you know, how involved were you in this process? It sounds like you were very involved throughout the entire very process. Involved. Yeah, I was I was very involved, and I was able to kind of put thumbs up and thumbs down to some that we saw. And, you know, a lot of very talented actors, but we just had a certain persona in mind. And we knew when we saw them that they were the right ones. I mean, they, and they've really nailed those, those roles. Mm-hmm. They're terrific. Both of them. Right. Yeah. And, and I know that there's a lot of intense scenes. And so how will this film be rated? Uh, it's rated PG 13 okay. and we've been really careful, but I, you know, people need to know, I mean, if they have read the book, they'll know that they are going to be facing some very mature themes, mm-hmm. um, but we did them as tastefully as possible. Thank you all so much for listening. We want to hear from you. So let us know what you thought of today's episode by rating and reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts and make sure to follow and subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Let us know on socials who you're bringing with you to see Redeeming Love. You can find us on Instagram at Redeeming Love Movie. And you can find me online at Maddie Prue. Thank you for listening. And remember, there's no brokenness that love can't heal. Redeeming Love, a movie companion podcast, is a lasting media production. I'm your host, Maddie Pruitt. Our executive producers are John Fender and Jason Barrett. Edited and produced by Ben Delameter and Jonas Litton. Administration and project management by Bethany Callahan. Special thanks to Francine Rivers, Tom Lewis, DJ Caruso, Cindy Bond, and Brandon and Brittany Lake. We would also like to thank Sandoval Agency, Skies Fall Agency, Troops and Allies, Parker Productions, and WTA Media. To learn more, follow us on socials and visit our website at redeeminglovemovie.com. Redeeming Love.